Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live. Thank you for coming in and joining us. It is the Wednesday edition of the show. Um, and uh, it is uh, time to jump in and uh, and be part of the conversation and be part of it today to talk about things. Um, we've got a, well, we got a lot of stuff to cover. We've got a lot of stuff to cover uh, here this morning. Uh, our guest coming up in hour two of the big radio broadcast today normally would be uh, State Senator Mike Schauer, but he asked for a reprieve for this week. He is, I think, currently unplugged from the whole world uh, since the uh, uh, end of the session, and um, I can't say can't say that I blame him. Can't say that I blame him. Uh, he uh, asked to uh, take this week off last week during the actual program. He asked me to do it, and uh, we, you know, of course, graciously said sure. Uh, since uh, you know we're you're here on your sufferance, you're, you know we don't anyway. We're not making him do anything. So we expect that uh, State Senator Mike Shower will be joining us next week on the program. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, we uh, you know the, there's no rest for the weary, so. I went ahead and uh, gathered a uh, guest for Hour 2. It is going to be Bruce Walden, who uh, is going to be uh, our guest. He is, of course, a candidate along with Tanya Lang for governor and lieutenant governor, respectively, of the state of Alaska. They are on the the primary ballot, and we're going to be talking with them here, uh, or talking with Bruce anyway. Uh, about that here in uh, hour two, and we'll have a discussion with him and uh, get his uh, get his hot take on everything that's going on in the state. What he thinks, uh, what he thinks has to happen, and uh, what is what is the state of the state of Alaska right now, and what he would hope to bring to it as governor. And so we're going to uh, we're going to chat with him in hour two. Uh, the broadcast today will get kind of the full scope of things that are going on and and see and see where you know what his positions are on various things from around the state and we'll talk about that uh, along uh, we'll talk about that with him and what the positions that he and his running mate are going to be taking uh, for the upcoming election uh, that is going to be on August this you know again not to confuse everybody here with all the different dates but that is going to be for the primary election on August the 16th, the jungle primary for all the statewide races and for the regular congressional race and everything else. Meanwhile, we still have uh, uh, we're still in the middle right now of the special the special primary, 
which of course is a mail-in primary. If you haven't received your ballots yet, you probably should be connecting and contacting the Division of Elections to find out where your ballot is and what you need to do to make sure you can uh, you can vote. The deadline for the return of those ballots uh, is June the 11th. They must all be postmarked by that date or have already been turned in by that date. And you can either trust them to the mail system or you can take your ma- ballot that was mailed to you and you can hand deliver it to a variety of different uh, division of election offices from around the state. Uh, we've posted that up several times, but I think you could basically just go to uh, elections.alaska.gov and probably find all the links to the various areas uh, or, or or offices, rather, that you can uh, drop your ballot. If, if you're like me, I mean, I they got me the ballot in the mail. Great. It's all good. But once we've been had them all marked and everything else, we've collected all the ballots up in the house and we're deli- delivering them to the Division of Elections personally (laughs) you know i'll trust the mail one way but not necessarily the other so we'll uh but anyway that that election is currently going on for the special primary election happening right now um quick reminder for today uh well not for today but uh for uh um for this week uh, I will be off on Friday. I just confirmed it late yesterday. Got everything kind of all squared away, all my ducks in a row. And I will be off on Friday. And we will be, uh, I'm going to be taking the long four-day weekend because we're going to be off on Monday as well as it's Memorial Day. And so uh, it was already a three-day weekend. I figured, why not? So we're going to make it a four-day weekend. Uh, I'm going to be off on Friday. I will be returning next Tuesday to the program uh, with our guests, uh, normal Tuesday guests, Brad Keithley and Chris Story. And so I uh, look forward to that next week. But I will not be here on Friday. You'll have alternate programming across the state. I think it's Mike Gallagher down on the southern half of the state, on the peninsula and all throughout there. And uh, I think Daybreak USA up in the uh, northern part and in the interior. So uh, just FYI, if you turn the radio on, and you don't hear my voice? Well, it's probably because I'm still sleeping. That's how it works. What other housekeeping? Oh, a special thanks to our friends over there at Alaskan Artisan Coffee. We've been waiting for quite a while. We've had some serious delays with supply chain issues and everything else from the pandemic. But I just finally, yesterday, day before yesterday, I picked up a couple of uh, brand new cases of Beard Curler Coffee. My own personal coffee blend, which we had used for giveaways on the show and have been doing that for the last couple of years. Um, but it, uh, I got, I got another, I got another batch of coffee, and so I actually owe some coffee to a few people who have. Uh, I mean, I, we're going on like five months now. I was supposed to send coffee in December for the holiday recipe contest, but I was, I was out and expecting a new batch, and it took this long for me to actually get the. Uh, uh, to actually get the new coffee. So I just picked it up. So we're going to be mailing out a few few batches of coffee um, here over the next uh, over the next this next week. We're going to be mailing out some of the coffee to some of the winners. Uh, in fact, Sarah Vance won the uh, she won uh, one of the contests and uh, <clears throat> for uh, her recipe, her recipe on uh, on the holiday recipe contest. It's been seems like an eon ago, doesn't it? 
Uh, so that's it. I guess that's all the housekeeping. Oh, I've got a brand new. I wanted to say thank you. Um, let me let me let me say thank you to a brand new uh, to a brand new Common Sense Core member. Uh, Herder uh, is his name. Herder. Uh, thank you for coming on board and becoming a member of the Common Sense Core. Uh, he joined at the hardcore level, and I appreciate that. Uh, it is. Uh, it's good to see it. Uh, he became part, and you're going to get the invite later today to join the private Facebook group and everything else. So, all kinds of good stuff uh, to uh, to see out there, and we appreciate the support of the show, um, and uh, you know supporting what we do here on the program. All right, so hour one, uh, we've got some headlines, and we're going to go through some of those uh, because I'm not going to be here on Friday. Tomorrow, we're going to do some firearm stuff including um, some discussion on what happened down in Uvalde, Texas yesterday. And um, I got to be honest, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not ready to talk about it today yet. Um, I'm just, I'm so heartbroken for the families down there. Um, but I, <clears throat> I think we need to give it a couple I think it needs to be a couple days before we really talk about it. And so I'm going to kind of reserve, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, my heart is, I'm just overwhelmed by it, quite honestly. And, um, but we're going to talk about that tomorrow, probably at great length. Um, but I, I, I would be remiss today if I didn't mention the families that are hurting down in Texas right now. And of course, all the stupid political stuff that goes around Anytime something like this happens. Um, so tomorrow, tomorrow will be the day that we discuss that. And um, it'll give me a little bit, it'll give me a little bit more time to, uh, to gather my thoughts on it and to not be quite so, um, not to be quite so emotional about it. Because uh, normally I'm a pretty stoic kind of guy. I mean, I can get angry, I can get happy and everything else, but this, I'm just heartbroken and I want to, I want to think about it a little more before I get too deep into the weeds on some of the things that uh, uh, surround that right now. So, just FYI. Also going to open up the phone lines this morning. Uh, 907-433-3150. Uh, 907-433-3150. Um, and I uh, would love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. I, I Again, I've got some headlines. Uh, nothing that can't wait, though. Your your phone calls will reign supreme this morning on the Pivotel call-in line. So let's uh, jump on over there and see what you guys uh, have to say. Oops, I had a call, but they decided to hang up because apparently they thought I was going to bloviate a little bit more. But I didn't. I didn't bloviate. I, I'm done talking for the moment. So, um, all right. Well, we're coming up on the break. I really don't have time to get into much of a... Uh, of a story, what we're going to cover today, though, uh, are some of the uh, some of the crazy things that are happening uh, around the uh, state in regards to politics, including who's in and who's out of the legislative races. Uh, we're also going to touch on this. Somebody called in; I think it was Carlene from Kodiak called in and mentioned this. I was talking about this uh, WHO thing and the International Health Regulations Treaty, and. Um, Man, I've got questions about this, uh, and uh, I've been—I was trying to do some reading around it and do some stuff, and it just so happens uh, that um, 
there was an article posted yesterday by, on Must Read about this. And so I wanna, I, I'm trying to get some more details on it, but uh, we can talk about that as well in the coming segments before we jump into it with Bruce Waldman coming up at the top of the hour. So uh, I guess uh, I guess that just leads off over to right here. We're going to take a break. Might as well. I I hate to start getting started on something and then have to and then have to stop. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll continue with more in just a moment. Don't forget you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. We'd also, if you uh, do have a YouTube account, we'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's pretty much the same thing you see on Facebook. But I got to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube before I can start doing things like super chats and some other things. And so I want to I want to find out there, but I, I got to get a thousand subscribers. And so I'm, I guess I beg. I guess that's what I do. So go on over to uh, go on over to uh, YouTube and hit the subscribe button and ring the bell if you'd like. Just search up my name on uh, YouTube. The Michael Duke Show continues on your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, Some rando on Twitch is like, Why not Rumble? I'm working on Rumble too, Marcy. Uh, I'm working on Rumble as well. But uh, <clears throat> if you want to get to the full Rumble experience, there's a significant um, there's a significant investment in doing the right bandwidth for that. It's it gets kind of spendy. So I'm working on it, but uh, I haven't quite got that all squared away yet. But yes, I'm assuming that probably within the next few weeks we'll have Rumble on the simulcast as well. So we'll be broadcasting on Facebook. YouTube, Twitch, and Rumble all at the same time. So we'll uh, we'll see what we can we'll see what we can come up with. Uh, we are working on it though. Um, yeah, man, I'm 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 sad today. Yeah, it's it's one of those things just bugging me. It's just eating been eating at me all morning uh, as I've been thinking about this and and just the. You know, the expected partisanship immediately comes out on this kind of stuff. And my immediate reaction is to try and fight back um, on a, you know, on a political basis instead of as as a human being and just, you know, give uh, these families and people time to grieve and and to deal with it and to, you know, utter my utmost sympathies to them. But um, I, I, I... I think I I think I'm better I think I'm better off talking about it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm I'm better off talking about it tomorrow, um, and maybe we can dedicate a whole portion of the show to it tomorrow and uh, and talk about it. Okay, um, 
what else we got? What what else? What else are you guys gonna? What else are we gonna talk about this morning? Maybe McCabe will fill in. I don't know. Maybe seems like a lot of the legislators are like, "Peace out." I'm done. I mean, they're like, they're like radio silent the last few days because I think a lot of them are just like, you know, after the long, hard fought race, and now they're like, "I I'm just gonna take a break." I know I'm. I know I'm wiped out, and I wasn't even I wasn't even part of it. I was just watching the whole melee from back in the wings. So, I don't, you know, that was the whole thing on it as well. Um, all right. <clears throat> so what? Sorry, I just looked up and realized. Well, that that's not right. Um, hold on a second here. Something wrong. Something wrong in Fairbanks. Uh, one, uh, let's see, one, two, three, two and a half, four, man, they're still messed up, aren't they? One minute, so 47 seconds. Yeah, still, it's still messed up. Okay, well, uh, let me, um, let me fix, let me fix this. Sorry. There's something wrong in Fairbanks, and the timing is all screwed up. They would have rejoined the radio. They would have rejoined the show here a lot sooner than they were supposed to. I don't know exactly why, but uh, okay. And I think I can kill. Whoops, I can kill that. Okay. Man, need an engineer for that, don't I? Okay, uh, what do we got here? Um. Fairbanks Chamber of Commerce failed failed, failed their small business folks. Um, yeah, uh, Sherry. I w- what I want to know right now is what is the reaction from the business community in Fairbanks? Because I'll be honest, if I was in the business community in Fairbanks, I would be wicked pissed right now. And uh, I would be telling the chamber exactly where they could take their money at this point and my membership. But maybe that's just me. You know, maybe everybody else is just happy as a clam to see all the uh, see all the Alaskans get stuck on that kind of stuff. Um, all right. Well, we're twenty seconds out, so I guess we'll. Uh, apparently, I fixed it properly. We're going to rejoin here in just a hot second. Don't go anywhere. Like and share this show. Like and follow the show page. Dead silence from the chamber says Floyd. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I, I, and I don't care about what this chamber says. What I want to know is what the businesses are saying. I guess we'll talk about that here in just a second. Back we go. The Michael Duke show. Okay, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in. The Michael Duke Show. Uh, I said uh, earlier the phone lines are open if you'd like to sound off. The phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. I'll make it open line, open form. Whatever you guys want to talk about, you are welcome to do so. Uh, We were just talking during the break um, about somebody made a comment about the Chamber of Commerce in Fairbanks failing their small businesses. 
And that's in reaction to, of course, one of the many letters that was sent to the legislators during the final deliberation over the amount of the budget and the permanent fund dividend check. And uh, the fact that the Fairbanks Chamber, along with several others, uh, threw their hat in the ring and said, no, 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 don't give the dividend to Alaskans. We need to spend that money on government. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what they said. And um, so I, I said, great. I mean, they did. They failed small businesses in, uh, in Fairbanks and any other place, any other chamber. The Alaska State Chamber is the same kind of thing. Why would you, why would you pit the private sector, which you ostensibly represent, the, the, the chambers of commerce are representatives of private, individually, private owned private owned businesses. Why would you pit and take the side of the pro-government spend crowd over the interests of especially the smaller businesses, which make up the majority of your membership? And uh, Floyd in the chat room said, dead silence from the chamber. And I really don't care what the chamber had to say. I really don't. You know how you get the chamber's attention? You you cut the, you cut off the the legs financially. You cut you cut off their membership. <clears throat> I mean, I said it before. If I if I had a business that was involved in a chamber, my first letter that I fired off to the president of the chamber would be, "How dare you, sir slash madam? And please cancel my membership immediately." And then I would be going out to all the other businesses and encouraging them to do the same thing. That's the only way you're going to get these people's attention. I mean, that, 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 that's 100% the only way you're going to get these people these people attention is with a public outcry. I mean, yeah, yeah, Paul's right. We just saw this work with Palmer. Remember, Palmer was going to change their Colony Days Festival to some kind of quasi-woke feel good, braided river, whatever. They were going to fundamentally change this event. And uh, the businesses in town started to feel some backlash from some of the public and they got, they got pissed and they, and they changed it. The whole, almost the whole board uh, uh, resigned. The whole board resigned in Palmer or a big chunk of it did. And they, I mean, they reversed everything that the Palmer Chamber was about to do. The Chamber of Commerce is supposed to represent the community and small businesses. And that's what it's going to, that's what it's going to take. So, I mean, I'm talking specifically about the Fairbanks Chamber because I read their letter that they sent to the legislature encouraging them to take the dividend from private citizens the same private citizens that would have taken the money from the dividend and expended it in the local communities, benefiting the businesses that the Chamber of Commerce is, uh, purported uh, purport to represent, and instead encouraged it for government spend. I mean, I, I just there's just no way. There is no way I would give those people money. And in fact, I would be fighting back tooth and nail on that. As well. Um, so anyway, we got to talk. We also got to talk about the 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 who's in, who's out thing. I want to talk about that, but we do have a phone call. So before I get into my spiel on that, let's go over to the phones, see what you guys have to say at four three three thirty one fifty. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Hey, Jeff. Talking earlier. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to talk about that gun shooting. 
I'm not going to be available tomorrow for that. And I got to tell everybody that these Democrats have defunded everything. The DAs are not arresting anybody. They defunded the insane asylums back in the 80s. They have caused more trouble in to listen to Biden stand on TV and blame it on my gun. I am so sick of that myself, you know, and it's, it's got to stop. Uh, these these people, you know, they have not fortified those schools. I asked them when I was in Maine, and I got walked out of newscast place after newscast place. No, that's not a story, all right? I even saw Susan Collins, if you listen, Susan, and I told her, I said, back in the days of the hijackings, they figured out they had a screen door on the cockpit, and they went and put a $100,000 door there, and voila, nobody hijacks planes anymore because they can't take them. Now, I looked her right in the eye and said, you have screened doors on the schools. I'm sorry, but they have fortified every police station, every federal building, every court, everywhere there's an officer, uh, the White House, the Capitol, you know, and they're spending money on January 6th and still people in jail, but yet they can't help the schools because they're counties and it's county by county. Then why aren't our guns county by county? That's the big question for me right there in my heart. What's wrong here is they are allowing this, all right? Make no mistake. They are allowing this. The news, and I'm telling you, I got walked out of every news place I went to to try to get a story going on let's fix the schools. Let's let's make them like a, a police station. You walk in, there's a glass case. They can lock your butt in there, you know, you get out of hand. You walk in there with a gun, they're going to lock you in there. You're not going in and shoot them up. What? What is wrong with us is what I say. And I say us because it's going to take communities to do this. Right. Because the government will never fund that. Yeah. And that's your problem. And it's sad. That's where it's really sad. I've sat and cried about all of these times. And it, it is sad to think about. And, and you're right. And I'm sorry. I had to bring it up today, but I don't have time for it tomorrow. And, and it's, it's just, it bothers me. And, and, and it does every time. So that's it. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate it, and yeah, I'm going to address this tomorrow as best I can. Uh, I'm not really prepared to respond to your comments, other than uh, you know I'm in I'm in agreement with a lot of it, um, and uh, but I, I I'm going to wait to reserve my my commentary until tomorrow on it. Again, um, yeah, it is. It's sad. It's 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 heart wrenching. Um, is I think the correct word for today uh, for what I feel and for the uh, <clears throat> the the sadness and the anger that I feel over it. Um, so I'm with you on that. Thank you uh, for calling in, Jeff, and giving me your thoughts on that <clears throat> as well this morning. I appreciate it. And again, I will cover this in depth, I think, tomorrow. Um, and uh, my, we're going to have some we're going to have some discussions on it uh, tomorrow. So. Um, all right, let's get into. Let's get into talking about the upcoming election because, again, you know, what's past is past and what is our future now is what we could focus on. As I said earlier, now that the budgets are done and everything's, you know, they've all made their moves, we can now focus on the election of, you know, and changing out the players, changing the players who need to be changed out. And we can also, um, uh, you know, focus on what I think is going to be the ultimate solution on this. Uh, I've, I've come around to it. Uh, I'm still 
very leery and very cautious of it, but uh, the Constitutional Convention, I think, needs to happen at this point. And, um, you know, I, it, it, it's, got, it's going to be an uphill battle. But let me talk about what's going on. Uh, let me tell you, talk about what's going on out there as far as who's in and who's out. Uh, late yesterday, it was announced that Sarah Rasmussen is not going to be running for re-election. Uh, she came into office in 2018, was re-elected in 2020, and then you'll remember that she left the Republican majority and became uh, essentially a caucus of one, although she worked in conjunction with a majority quite a bit. Um, and I think she was going to, you know, she <laughs> she was going to have a hard time, I think, in her district to begin with, and then due to redistricting, she is now splitting a district with uh, Democrat Matt Clayman, who's got a pretty, he's a pretty much a heavy hitter in the Democratic circles. I think she would have had a harder chance on that. Clayman is currently considering a run against Senator Mia Costello, who is the senator in that district. Um, but uh, Rasmussen has now said that she is out. Her final comment said that uh, her time away from her children was a factor and quote, the last two weeks of the session was just too much of a disruption for my family to put them through it again. So the, she's now out. Uh, somebody in the chat room just mentioned that um, apparently uh, it was announced last night at the District 7, Republican District 7 meeting, that Peter Machicki is not going to be seeking re-election, which um, I think is... Um, I guess it's a it's a face saving move on his part because I think he would have been beat soundly in that race against Tuckerman Babcock down in the peninsula. So if that is and this is just being reported again, I haven't seen it with my own eyes, but they're saying it was announced last night at the District Seven Republican meeting. So if that's the case, then don't let the door split you. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Uh, and I guess Laura Reinbold may not be seeking re-election as well. So a lot of players dropping out, some good, some bad, um, and I think it gives us an opportunity. Now, here's the interesting thing, going back to the Rasmussen um, uh, uh, dropout. In that district, uh, Matt Clayman has got to make a decision as to whether he's running for senator or not, but currently there is no other candidate who has filed for this new uh, district seats, district 16 is the new district. It was district 22, but now it's district 16 has different boundaries, but no one else has filed for that seat at this time. So it's, uh, <laughs> it, it is, uh, it's, you know, there, there's some opportunity here, folks. There is some opportunity. Look at all the people who have dropped out. Uh, Tiffany Zilkowski dropped out. And interestingly enough, the former uh, representative who held that seat prior to her, Bob Heron, has now refiled for that seat. Now, you'll remember he was bumped out of office by his own party back in, um, back in uh, 2016. Um, he was a Democrat, and the, the, the Democratic Party ran Zach Franzler against him. Then Franzler had some kind of... Uh, sex scandal thing go on he was replaced by his own uh by one of his own staffers that man was then charged later on with some some sexual misconduct stuff 
And eventually, that's how Zulkowski was chosen for the seat. And she was appointed in 2018 and then ran for re-election in 2020. Now she is out, and Bob Heron is hoping to win that district again. Uh, of course, after be- getting the sticky wicket from the Democrats, he's now registered as a nonpartisan. Now, I don't know what that means, whether he's he's hacked off enough at the Democrats to work against them or if he's just nonpartisan uh, and then is going to caucus with them on the other side. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's you know, there there are a lot of moving parts going on here. Remember, um, Steve Thompson is also not running for re-election. And, uh, I mean, it's just there's a there's a bunch of people who are dropping out left and right. Ivy Sponholtz, uh, Natasha is out as well. Um, there's some opportunities here. There are some real opportunities. And I'm looking forward to seeing who else runs in these races. I haven't even looked yet, and maybe next week we'll dive into this. Uh, because we're going to be coming up on a uh, we're going to be coming up on the deadline next Wednesday is that we are a week away is that right let me double check my calendar yep we are a week away from the filing deadline and so uh, I mean is has anybody heard uh, if Kelly Merrick has got an opponent uh, I haven't heard anything as of yet it doesn't mean anything I don't live in the district but I haven't heard of anybody running against her. Uh, and you can't vote her out if you've got nobody running against her. So <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. But uh, this is just another indication that things are either getting too hot in the kitchen, um, or they've done the damage that they want to do, and now they want to move off and reap the rewards in some way, shape, or form on these kind of things. So. Uh, uh, Susie just says that uh, Kelly Merrick hadn't filed yet. Well, we'll see. We'll see who's going to file in those seats. I haven't. I, I suppose I should get a breakdown of that here in the next couple of days and figure it out. Um, and we'll 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 see what we'll see what goes on from there. But this is just another indication that now is the time more than ever to focus on changing the players. We've got some real opportunity here. So what do we need to focus on for the next? You know, four months, five months, six months need to focus on changing out the players. And some of this stuff, like I said, some of these these races, this is good news that these people are not running. But it also means that we need to have somebody up in there that is a viable alternative. And the second thing is, is a constitutional convention. That's what that's what needs to happen right now. That's what. And already you can see the the. the What's the name of the group? The group that is voting against the the group that's fighting against the constitutional convention. They've got they've got their name out there. It's called I think it's called Save Our Constitution or something or Save Alaska's Constitution. John Coghill, Kathy Geisel, all those people. Yeah, they're already out there getting their getting their monies together to put all this put all this in. Um, all right. Well, we're coming up on the break. Um, I got one more segment. I just got a phone line on hold, but caller, you'll have to hold on for just a second. We'll be back with more. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with phone calls and more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free, like America used to be. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, in the break right now, deadline to file is June the 1st at 5 p.m. That's next Wednesday at 5 p.m. That is the deadline to file for office, for statewide office. Uh, let me go over to the phone lines right here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Carlene and Kodiak. Hello, my dear. Can you hold on for me, and I'll be right back to you? Yes, thank you. All right. Let me. I got a typer name in here, so I know who it is. Carlene and Kodiak. Hold the line, dear. We'll be right back to you. Um, all right. Um, Jeannie says she's cautiously optimistic, um, about, and I don't know if that's about the constitutional convention or the changing the players and the ones that are available. I don't know. Um, those people, those who are fighting the con con are the same people who were, are the problem in the first place, said Sandy. Exactly. They don't want their power to be taken. They don't want to. They don't want you to take away their piggy bank, which is essentially one of the things we'd like to do in the con-con is lock a lot of that stuff up. But you're right, same people. And as I said, they've already gathered a bunch of – I mean, I've already heard rumors that they're out there uh, shopping around a $100,000 media buy to protect the Constitution, to prevent the con-con from happening. Um, so I don't, you know, I know that Mike shower has said that he's, he wants to work on it. And some others have said they want to work on it. We best get our ducks in a row and uh, start, you know, we better start raising money and gathering funds for that. Uh, because that's the only way we're going to be able to fight back with some of this messaging. And, um, and you know, it's, it's going to take a concerted effort to get a con con across the finish line. Um, David said, I saw the Supreme court decided in favor of the democratic map. Yeah, that, I mean, that was almost, uh, um, that was almost a foregone conclusion. That was from yesterday. Um, the Alaska Supreme court rejected it. Uh, Paul said, I'll put money in. Where do I send it? Well, I I don't know. We got to find out. Like I said, I think Mike shower is working on it and I know some others have expressed an interest, but they better get organized and they better get it done. Um, like I said, I've been on the fence on the con-con for quite a while. I'm still very nervous about opening up the Constitution for a lot of that. Um, but, you know, it, I think it's the only way we're going to see the reform that's needed. The legislators are obviously not going to do it. They they don't have the political will to get it done. And... Um, so I think the only solution at this point is to modify the Constitution of the state of Alaska, to put a spending cap in, a, a reasonable spending cap, to put the uh, to enshrine the permanent fund dividend formula in the Constitution, to change how we appoint judges. I mean, these are things that need to go through. Um, and yes, uh, Angie, we do get a final vote, though, on what the, comes out of the Constitutional Convention Whatever they decide, whatever changes that they make, we get to decide with them. Uh, we get to, we we the people get the final say on it. So uh, yeah, we definitely need to do it. Needs a catchy title, Free Alaska. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'd have to think about it. I'll be honest with you. That is kind of a brilliant name for the anti-concon group. Um, you know, protecting the Constitution. Um, it, uh, it, it's, it definitely smacks of some political acumen behind the scenes because most people would be like, yeah, protect the constitution. 
not even understanding what's going on. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that uh, as we go through. Um, they have the political will to grease their pockets and kill small business because that's the easy road, man. Again, that's the path of least resistance. Of course, they have the will to do that. Um, I mean, that's that's what they're all about. If they can spend that government money and this gives them a free and easy and they've had a free and easy access to all that those public funds and you're talking about taking it out of their hands, of course they're going to. I mean, they're that's the easy road. That's what they want. And that's why they're fighting so hard against it, because they are the pro-government spend crowd. That's what that's what it's all about, the pro-government spend crowd. Um, as I like to say, said Sean, if what we're doing isn't working, why not try something different? You're, I mean, you're right, Sean. You're right. And and like I said, although I have been leery of the con-con and the potential downsides to it, at this point, it's almost like, what do we got to lose? They're not paying attention to the law anyway, and quite honestly, they're even ignoring the spirit of the Constitution and things like dedicated funds and designated funds and all that BS. So really, what do we have to lose at that point? Especially if we, the people, get a chance to vote on it on the other side. So I have come around to the opening up the Constitution to make those changes because I think it's the only way we're going to get the protections needed. Uh, but it is going to be incumbent on us to go out there and um, and 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 do the heavy lifting. Not only to get, you know get the get it passed, but then once the work once we get it passed and the con con is open, then the real work starts. Then the real work starts. All right, we got to jump back into it here. Uh, we're going to start with Carlene, the Michael Duke Show. All right, welcome back to the program. One final segment here before we hit the top of the hour. Coming up in hour two, Bruce Waldman will be joining us. Republican candidate for governor here in the state of Alaska. Meanwhile, phone lines are open and we'll take some calls. One of my favorite callers uh, is uh, on hold and she held on through the news. We appreciate her. Carlene from Kodiak uh, joins us this morning for discussions. Good morning, Carlene. What's on your mind? Good morning. Um, Michael, I have quite a few things, but really quickly, the Chamber of Commerce failing small businesses, especially in Fairbanks. Um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but Chamber of Commerce all over the the United States are part of the globalist agenda, and apparently that's happening in Alaska. And there is somebody running against Gary Stevens. It's Heath Smith of 570 Lee Drive, Homer. I have the flyer from the Crab Festival in front of me, and Lisa Murkowski will have a booth here, and she's endorsed by the United Fishermen and by the Native Corporations and the Republicans of Kodiak. And then there's a booth at the Crab Festival, booth number 33, Defend Our Constitution, Um, 
This November, Alaska will vote whether to hold a constitutional convention. Our coalition represents Alaskans from across the state, state who oppose the convention and will share information regarding the campaign to defend the Alaska Constitution. When it said defend our Constitution, I went, oh, right, that's the U.S. Constitution. But it's not. Right, right. And Charlie Kirk will have a booth there also, and Lisa Murkowski will have a booth at the Crab Festival. And is that this weekend, Car? I haven't been paying attention. Is that this weekend, Carly? It starts tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Go through there. They're setting up uh, yesterday. Yeah. And I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff, and you're right. That's what I said. I mean, that was my reaction. Defend Our Constitution, which is the name of this group. Um, is, uh, I mean, again, it's a brilliant piece of political maneuvering because, like you said, when you heard it, you're like, oh, yes, we need to defend our Constitution, not understanding that this is the convention, uh, this is the anti-constitutional convention crowd, and that's what they're all about. Um, They've got their websites up. They've got everything out. Kathy Giesel is the co-chair. Joelle Hall uh, from the labor unions. John Coghill. Bruce Patello, the Democrat from Juneau, Bryce Edgemond, Luke Hopkins. I mean, these are all the people that obviously that you want in your that you want in your uh, uh, in your in your in your corner on this stuff. Uh, they are all people who are very much pro. I'm just looking through this this whole list of supporters. It is a who's who of. Uh, a big government. Susan LaFrance from the Anchorage Assembly. The um, oh Scott Kendall, Zach Fields, um, well. uh, Jim Clark, uh, uh, Bryce Edgemond, uh, uh, Gene Terrio from Fairbanks, Fran Ulmer. Um, uh, I mean, just uh, Larry Persilli. I'm just I'm just catching some of the names here in this whole list of people that support it. And I could tell you right now that I don't think I've agreed with any one of these people on any one issue, especially when it comes to state spending. And that's what this is all about. This is all about protecting the state spend versus putting money in the hands of people. Please, please tell Mike Showers and Kevin McCabe that they're right on about this, about getting a constitutional convention going. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree, and I think it's something that we need to, uh, we definitely need to uh, be working on. So uh, uh, thank you for the heads up on that. I guess Charlie Pierce is going to be down at the Crab Festival as well. There's going to be a whole bunch of, it's been a while, it's been a while. It's been 30 years since I've attended a Crab Festival, and I keep telling myself I'm going to try and get down there for one of them, uh, one of these days. Um, I've got a lot of fond memories uh, from Kodiak when I lived there um, back in the day. Uh, and uh, I am going to get back there to a crab festival one of these years. It's uh, pretty busy Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but it really slows down on Sunday and Monday. But um, I'd love to meet you when you come over and your family. You bet. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Carlene, for your phone call. I appreciate it. That leaves the lines open this morning here uh, at 433-3150, 433-3150. I'm on the website right now of Defend Our Constitution, which is the name of this organization, the Anti-Con-Con Constitution, or Anti-Con-Con Movement. Um, they said 
the Alaska Constitution works. A constitutional convention is unnecessary, expensive, and dangerous. Calling a constitutional convention would create political chaos, cost millions, and create negative consequences for Alaska. If dark money special interests in the lower 48 were allowed to rewrite our founding documents, they'd change it to benefit themselves. Again, the fact that Scott Kendall is a major supporter of this group, Scott Kendall, the guy who brought ballot measure number two forward and got all that dark money in there. <laughs> oh my god this is such uh, the the problem is is again there is some political there is some political um uh you know gamesmanship going on here and they've they've struck the first blow and they've done a very good job when you hear defend our constitution isn't your knee-jerk reaction to be all about it oh yeah i'm all about that defending our constitution well, but, you know, what we're talking about here is something completely different. But when you look at these members and the endorsements, it is a who's who of bigger, badder, better, quote-unquote, government. That is that is who is part of all this. Um, again, going through, uh, you know, all the memberships, just the co-chairs. Kathy Giesel, Joel uh, Joel Hall, John Coghill, Bruce Botello, R- Bryce Edgman, Luke Hopkins, Gail Schubert, Bill Corbis, all these names, and then all the coalition members. I mean, just the ones that I wreck, Bert, Beth Cortula, right? Brenda Knapp, Bruce Botello, Bryce Edgman, Calvin Schreggy, Kathy Giesel, um, uh, Cliff Grow. These are just the ones that I recognize. Um. Doug Isaacson, oh Lord, Doug Isaacson, um, from he's a former mayor of Anchorage. Who, boof, Fran Omer, Gene Terrio, like I said, um, Harry Crawford, uh, Jeff Cook, Jennifer Johnston, Jesse Keel, Jim Clark, Jim Lotzfeld, Joe Pascovan, Joey Merrick, that's Kelly Merrick's husband, John Coghill, uh. Uh, who else? Uh, just look again. Just looking through Larry Persilli. I mentioned him. Uh, Libby Bacalar. Oh, Libby Bacalar. One hot mess, Alaska. The lawyer that. Oh man, Luke Hopkins, Mark Hamilton, um, Dick Bishop. Marrying Dick Bishop that surprises me. Um, who else? Zach Fields, um, Wayne Howell, Susan LaFrance. Scott Kendall. I'm, I'm just. This is just again a handful of names that I'm looking at. Nisi Steinkruger. These are names that are pretty well known to those of us who have been fighting the fight for smaller, more limited government for years. These are all the people on the opposite side of the fence. All, all those people. So anyway. These are all these are all the folks that are going on. They've done a good job. That's a that's a good name. Defend our constitution. I'm not lying. You got to give credit where credit's due. Now we have to come up with a way to fight it. And and uh, like I said, I I'm hoping that Michael Shower and and he's I know he said he's been starting to work with some people. They had to wait for the session to be over, and now they're going to start getting cracking on it. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens with that. But it's not, it's not going to be a fun ride, folks. I'll just be honest with you. It's not going to be an easy road to hoe coming up into this next cycle to talk about a constitutional convention. But it's something we need to focus on. 
changing the players and getting the con con going all right um we're coming up on the break we got um top of the hour and news and then when we come back we're going to be talking with bruce walden who is our candidate uh one of the candidates for governor on the republican ticket on the primary coming up in august we'll have a talk with him about his positions on things and we will uh we'll be back the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio Sean, Sean's like, I guess we need to come up with an, I guess it has to be called destroy our constitution now instead of defend our constitution. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know what name, um, I don't know what name we would have to use. I mean, this is something I'm going to have to give some thought about. I'm going to have to give some thought to, but, uh, yeah, just looking at these names. Oof. Oh man. Uh, you can go take it. Let me. I'm, I'm just going to drop this in the chat room. You guys can take a look at that and take a look and see if there's names on there that you you recognize that I didn't uh, uh, that I don't uh, recognize. There is a t- Marna Sanford. I missed that one. That was the that was the gal who ran against Rob Myers for the Senate seat. Marna Stanford. She was a real piece of work. Um. <clears throat> anyway. You can go take a look at that as well. Get Heath Smith on for an interview, please. We will. We're going to get Heath Smith on. Uh, we're working on. I'm working on a bunch of different stuff right now, so we will try and get them on for sure. Um, Bruce Walden's going to be joining us in a second. I got one line on hold. I guess we'll go to the line real quick and see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Um, it's Kathy from the Peninsula. Hey, Kathy. What's up? I just wanted to say that Peter is not running. I was at the meeting. So I'm super glad about that. Yeah. Uh, any reason given or any kind of just any kind of comment? Spend, he said spend more time with his family. But, um, yeah, I don't think he could have beat uh, Tucker Babcock. Yeah, no, I think I think he took the temperature in the room and said, I don't need that kind of embarrassment and, uh, and decided to yeah. leave gracefully. So I think you're 100% right on that. Yes, 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 yes. And, and I think we're all happy. And, um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I just thought I'd bring that up. Well, thanks, Kathy. Appreciate it. I hadn't, uh, I didn't have firsthand confirmation, so I appreciate you doing that for me. Thank you so much. No, I was at the meeting. So, yes. Thank you. All right. Um, good. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, again, that's, I, I, as I watch more and more, and of course, we're, we're going to get more announcements probably tomorrow and Friday and, and probably Tuesday. Uh, and I, I guess I'll get a list of all the candidates who have, uh, uh, I don't know if I can, maybe if I can get that, if I figure out and I can get that in a spreadsheet, um, I, I want to see, I want to see who is, uh, um, yeah, I want to see who is filed for what seat. And because by Wednesday, it'll be the, the last blink there. We'll have to see who is running. If Merrick hasn't filed yet, it'll be interesting to see who is running, uh, against, uh, against her or going to be running for that seat. 
Um, Peter is running for mayor. I've heard a couple people say that. I've heard a couple of you. Now, was it mayor of the Kenai, of the city of Kenai, or mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough? Which one? Which one is it? Um, because the borough mayorship isn't up right now, right? It's that's so it must be for the city of Kenai. I'm new here, but I'm starting to think it would be interesting to get Randy on your show so we can debate his ideas properly. We've debated Randy on a lot of these things ad nauseum, but unless you can agree on a certain, on a single point, which is that the monies in the permanent fund are the people's and not the government's. You, you're pretty much arguing you're spitting into the wind at that point. And that's, that's what, uh, and that's, that's, that's the biggest problem is that Randy does not agree that that money belongs to people individually. He keeps trying to use it as a corporate kind of idea. Um, you know, like corporately, we all own the state, re- you know, the state equipment, like we all own the graders that deal, but collectively we own it, not, you know, corporately, not individually. Burrow, if he runs. So, okay, no, so Peter Machicki is going to be trying to run for Charlie's seat. So he's going to run against Charlie. <laughs> if Charlie doesn't, you know, if Charlie doesn't get uh, the nod for governor, then Peter is going to run against Charlie. Good luck with that. I mean, I, I just, the amount of people that I talk to in the peninsula and the amount of angst and frustration that they show over this, it is not surprising uh, it would, it, I mean, it would be surprising to me if he thought that he could win down there on that. Maybe he's got enough support, may, maybe, but I think people, I think people are pretty much done with his, uh, empty promises. I think that's, I think that's, I, I think that's pretty common knowledge at this point. I mean, he knew he was going to lose against Tuckerman. I think that that was a kind of a foregone conclusion, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he thinks he can believe, maybe he thinks he can win. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, all the people that have made money off the free market capitalism, political special interest, they don't want free market working for everyone else, so they steal the PFD. Right. Uh, the good of the Constitutional Convention, says Randy, is that maybe we can amend how judges are appointed. The dangerous part is the LGBT anti-discrimination provisions. Also a horrible thing is the free cash handout could be enshrined as a basic human right. You know, you keep going on and on about the 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 PFD being, uh, uh, you know, universal basic. It's not. It's not. My God, Randy, it's not. But I know you're not going to be convinced. Uh, Charlie's term will be up after this term. Okay, so he's term limited out. Well, there you go. I guess I guess we'll see if anybody else decides to run against Peter Machicki. I mean, he's got the name recognition, and if nobody else runs, I guess that's that's the possibility. I shudder to think what it would look like, though. Um, out of respect for his constituents, Peter needs to focus on spending time with his family. I would agree with that. All right. Um, looks like we've got uh, Bruce on the line. Let's go over there and check real quick to make sure he's there. Good morning, sir. Hello. Can you hear me okay? I can. Are you ready to go? Excellent. I'm ready to rock. Good. We're about to rejoin the radio, so hold on. Just drink my virtual coffee and eat my virtual donuts in the virtual green room, right. okay? Uh, we'll, we'll be right back to you here in just a second. Uh, we will um, be back into it, jumping into it right now, folks. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour two, let's do it right now.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs uh, at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live every morning from 6 to 8 a.m. Well, Monday through Friday, everybody's got to have a weekend, right? That's what we do each and every week. Uh, Welcome back to the program. It is hour two Quick housekeeping note, again, just making the mention again, since some of you are just joining us, you are not members of the 6 o'clock club. You could have been. All you had to do is get up just a little bit earlier, and you could have been a member of the 6 o'clock club. It's free, and it's you got bragging rights if you do that. But if you missed it in the first hour, I did mention, and I will mention it again, I will be off on Friday. I will be off on Friday, uh, and I will also, of course, be off on Monday for Memorial Day. Uh, So I decided to make it a four-day weekend instead of a three-day weekend for my own mental health. So you'll have alternate programming on whatever stations you're listening to, uh, but I just didn't want you to be shocked and surprised when you tried to tune in and listen in, or if you tried to log in on the socials, Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or whatever, and you wanted to watch the show, I will not be here on Friday. So big, big heads up on that one. Hour two of the program today. We're talking more about state business, and we have uh, had some discussions with uh, a lot of the various candidates for uh, the governor's office. Of course, this year coming in under the ranked choice voting system, so the governor has to run as a combined ticket with their lieutenant gubernatorial candidate. We've interviewed quite a few of them. We're working on Billy Toyne as the libertarian candidate, and we finally were able to reach out and get a hold of Bruce Walden, who is running for governor along with his running mate, Tanya Lang. Uh, they are on the Republican ticket, and uh, we are welcoming them to the, welcoming them to the program, or welcoming, uh, welcoming Bruce, rather, I guess, to the program today to talk about the state of Alaska and why he's decided to run for governor and uh, just to kind of get the full scoop on his candidacy. And he joins us right now on the program. Good morning, sir. How are you? I suppose I should actually turn you up so I can actually hear you when you respond. All right. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am well. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm here. I'm good. I, everything's okay, good. good. I finally pushed the right buttons. You know, it's hard. Right. Radio's hard. That's all I could say. Sometimes radio is hard. Um, uh, Tanya would have been on with me this morning, but she's feeling ill, so she had to duck out and beg out of the, no, out of the interview. But uh, no pro- I'm here to represent us both. No problem. No problem. I appreciate you coming on board and uh, j- joining us. Now, you've got an interesting background here. I'm just kind of looking at your bio, Bruce. Um, I uh, mean, you you came up, you came from Kokomo, youngest of seven yep. kids, 
Uh, you yeah. know, worked in the military, spent a lot of time uh, in the military working yeah. uh, special operations and doing different things. Mm-hmm. And then you served as a private military contractor in Iraq after 9-11 because they wouldn't yes. take you back in the Army, I guess, for reenlisting. Yeah. And then uh-huh. you made it all the way back to Alaska and you did some work in government. Yes, so, um, you know, you can give us a little bit more of that bio and then tell me exactly when you lost your mind. I mean, what exactly did you say? <laughs> Why? Let me just, you know, I haven't had enough conflict and pain in my life, so let me just run for governor. Uh, walk me through Walk me through the whole thing and walk me into that, uh, into that thought process there at the end. I'll be glad to. I joined the, the military, actually, I was in Kokomo, Indiana in 1979 and always wanted to come to Alaska ever since I was a kid. But anyway, I joined the National Guard because my brothers were all in there. One was a Vietnam vet and the other two were veterans but not hadn't been to combat. And uh try to break this down to the reader's digest version. Uh, I found out that I liked soldiering. And so the next year I uh, enlisted in the regular army and they offered me one of three airborne uh, stations. One was um, Panama, one was in Italy and the other was up here. So I grabbed that one up in a heartbeat and I was in uh, Charlie Airborne 4th of the 23rd over here at Fort Richardson. Proud to be an Arctic paratrooper and real proud to see the 11th Airborne Division as being reactivated and up here there'll be a division of arctic paratroopers that's going to be a good time but uh I, it got me here it got me home but unfortunately i w- was pcs out of here to fort bragg in 83 and it took me the rest of my career and it, you know the end of my career before i could get home but during that career i served in grenada in 83 they sent me out of here got me to fort bragg just in time to get in on the uh, grenada deal down there in 1983 and uh, duck bullets for a few days there, come back, and didn't really see hot action again until after I retired. I went through the Special Forces Qualification Courses, we call it the Q course, in 1987, down at Fort Bragg and at Camp McCall, North Carolina. Incidentally, where 11th Airborne Division was activated back in the 40s, uh, it's kind of a not a very big post these days. But uh, we did a lot of stuff in the field and in the mountains and stuff like that, and we did a lot of... Uh, what you call low-intensity low conflict. As a matter of fact, what you didn't see probably during the course of this war is that we have been involved in southern Philippines. Well, that was the first special forces group was down there. If we do our job right, you don't know we were there. We go in, we do our job, we get out, and we don't put up banners saying, look how wonderful we are. We just keep our mouth shut and go on with our business. But, you know, that cat's out of the bag, so I can talk about it now. But uh, the bottom line is we're not the door-kicking Rambos that the movies make us out to be. We're actually teachers. We go places, we teach people how to defend their own country and keep our country out of it. That's when you hear the word military advisors. That's what they're talking about. Right. But anyway, so I, I got out in uh, on June 30th. I retired uh, 2001. Then two months later, you know what happened. And I just started working at the DMV over here in Anchorage. I would have retired there last September if I'd stayed, but... I went in that day and said, just to let you all know, I have absolutely no interest in this job. All I want to do is be back with my boys. And uh, the first soldier that died in the war was Nate Chapman, who's a friend of mine from First Group. And I saw that, and I watched the funeral on C-SPAN. And I'm sitting there looking at this chaplain and saying, every guy in that room is somebody I know. And here I sit at home drinking coffee, and they're about to be slung into the dragon's mouth, you know. So I started scheming to get back in. The Army said, now we're not taking any retirees back in. So I went over with Triple Canopy, and I served in Mosul, Iraq. Now, said all that to say this. For the first half of my career, we were standing up against communism. And if you, a lot of people giggle about that. It's like, you don't know 
what's happening in this country if you don't understand what communism is about. And little by little, our freedoms are being taken away, and governors and senators and people are rolling over for it. And I said, enough's enough. I've lost friends at war. My brother fought. I fought. And we fought for a free America, and we're seeing it taken away. And I said, it's time for somebody to stand up. And it is. If you've got a weak president, you'd better have strong governors. And that's why I intend to be. And you you served in uh, you when you got back and you and you came back into civilian life, you served uh, in uh, several different positions in the uh, Matsu borough uh, yeah. planning commission and emergency planning board. Yeah. And, and so you've seen government in that part from the inside. And right. you, you said you became a little disillusioned with the state uh the way the state and the borough operates, and you talk about right. something called uh, Lynn Canal fever. It was a comment that yeah. was in your thing, and it's something that I yeah. call the politician's disease. Um, yeah. But you said that people go down to Juneau and they catch this fever. What does it mean to you when you say that? Well, you know, the thing is, is you see people who maybe we grew up with them, you know, and they say, hey, if I get to Juneau, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, do the other thing. And they get down there, and every time, just about, they change their mind. There are a few exceptions, and, and I could name them. I won't, but I could. But the people that get down there, and every promise they make seems to evaporate. And that's got to end. People get down there in Fortress Juno, Island Juno, and they forget their constituents. That's not okay with me. And people deserve better than they're getting, and I think they need it, and it's about time they got it. Some of the uh, some of the big issues that we're facing in this state, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, I think the number one issue is, at least for the listeners on this show, is the size and scope of the state budget and the size, you know, mm-hmm. the size of state government. I mean, we are spending more than almost any other state on a per yep. capita basis. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. for, for the size of our state, for what we're spending, it is, I mean, it's really atrocious, but we keep getting told we can't possibly just cut back. We can't possibly do it anymore. Um, have yeah. you had a chance to look at the size and scope of the state budget and dive into it and take a look at it and see, you know, where do you feel it's at? Is it right sized? Is it just enough? Is it too much? Where does, uh, where does the Walden Lang ticket stand on that? The, the way I understand it. Pretty, pretty close to one out of every 10 Alaskans either works for government or they work for somebody that works for government, either at federal or state level or borough level, what have you. Now, when you look back through the years, back to the founding of this nation, man, President Washington had like four dudes in his cabinet and they had secretaries and that was about it. Of course, you know, that was a different time. I understand that. But with the advent of computers and all the, the neat things that we have nowadays, why is it that we need so doggone many people to run things? And the defense is, well, these people have families. Well, I do too. And that excuse has gotten very old. Our government is way, way, way too big. It's way too expensive. I, I'm a, I write. I do a lot of writing. I've written a lot of books. And one of the books I wrote is entitled Wickedness in High Places. And in the case of this book, I went into the federal government and the, the indebtedness of this nation. But you can see this applies to the state as well. Right. I went through each cabinet position and went into the waste that they would admit was going on. This is during the Obama administration, but it could apply to anybody. And if you look at that book, I start off with $18 trillion debt. And at the end of each chapter, I say $18 trillion minus this much waste. This is what you have to work with. Then I go on to the next one. Before I was halfway through the cabinet, in eight years, we had eliminated the, the uh, federal debt. 
well, what could we do at the state level? Because we certainly aren't $18 trillion in debt. We bring in a lot of money, and a lot of money seems to disappear into some void somewhere, and nothing ever seems to get done. My problem, are, are it's twofold. A, government's too big and too expensive. B, we're not getting the services that we're paying for to start with. I drove in this morning on the Glen Highway, and they're resurfing a road, resurfacing the road in places. They're doing some work in places, and, you know, I understand that. But if you made those roads out of decent stuff to start with, that wouldn't be a problem, all right? You look at some of our roads, they don't even put steel reinforcement in them, and they basically you got saltines laying on top of dirt. So when you drive across it, when you get a good shake like we had back in 2018, guess what happens? The road just cracks and falls apart. We're getting way less than we're paying for as far as I'm concerned, is robbery. Right. No, I would totally agree with that. Um, I got time for one more position here before we go to break. Um, uh, let's talk about the permanent fund dividend. Um, mm. We've had a lot of politicians, including the current governor, who've beat mm-hmm. their chest and rended their hair and said, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to get you a full PFD. I'm going to get you the full back pay on the PFD. And we know a lot of times that those are empty promises because the governor's mm-hmm. only one person, but they can offer leadership. What's your personal position on the permanent fund dividend and what they're doing with the permanent fund right now? Okay. I put it to somebody like this the other day. If I walked up to you and put a gun in your back and said, give me your money, and you handed me $1,000, and then we went to court. You, they caught me. They sent me to court, and the judge said, Mr. Walden, I want you to give Mr. Dukes back his money. And I said, Your Honor, that's a lot of money. I, I can afford to give him 100 but I can't give him the whole 1000 How How long do you reckon that would would fly. Right. Not very long, right. I suspect. Right. That's exactly what these people are doing to us. This money was promised to us. I didn't make that promise. That was made by some people a, a generation ago, but it's still in black and white. If this money is my money and they're not letting me have my money, they are stealing from me. That is not acceptable. Now, as far as I understand a governor, like you said, that's one person. You have to work with the legislature, okay? If you've got a bad legislature, then the governor or a candidate for governor needs to be out there stumping for better people to make things happen. You saw what Donald Trump did, and he continues to do it to this day. He's out there stumping for better people, and it's working. You get out front and lead, people will follow you, I guarantee you. So you fully support the fully paid dividend at the statutory level, I'm assuming, Yes, um, and, absolutely. And, you, and every penny that they've stolen from you since Walker was in office. Right. Okay. All that money that's laying around in the ERA right now just collecting interest. So, right. I believe that amounts to somewhere around thirteen dollars to $15,000 per Alaskan, if I'm not mistaken, as of this year. Right. Maybe more. Uh, Bruce Walden is our guest, Republican candidate for governor on the Walden-Lang ticket. You can find him at walden-lang2022.com. We're going to continue our conversation with him here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show continues. We'll get some more questions here, talk about a few more positions, talk about his solid plan for what he would like to see as governor. And we will be back with more in just a moment. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. If you want to be part of it this morning, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Drop us a line in there or on the email, me at michaeldukeshow.com. Back with more and Bruce Walden right after these messages.
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. In the break right now, Bruce Walden is our guest. Um, let me get to a couple of the questions that were in the chat room um, uh, while we're doing that before I get back onto my main onto my main track here with uh, Bruce. Um, let's see, where does he stand on the issue? Okay, we're we're talking about issues. We're going to get to that here in a bit. Um, uh, scroll, I'm scrolling down here, scrolling down. Bruce, uh, this is from Floyd in the chat room. Bruce. Is it true that the Republican Party makes its candidates sign a pledge to put the party first before every other concern? I keep hearing that, but I honestly don't know. So it's an honest question and not a trick question. I just honestly don't know. Um, your 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 response to that, Bruce? Yeah, sure. Uh, there is a platform that uh, every party has, and you're expected to say, yeah, I'm going to go. I know that I, I was a state convention. I didn't sign anything, but... Pretty much, I would have to say that I go along with what was, you know, the planks that are in the the uh, platform. Uh, if I poked around, I could probably think of a couple with which I disagree, but I didn't sign anything. No. As you look at the, and since we're on the party and discussing it anyway, my contention has been that a lot of the problems we have here in the state of Alaska can be laid right back at the feet of the Alaska Republican Party, because they have allowed people who have paid lip service to the party platform while doing things that are completely different over the last 15 years or so. What do you say? Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I see. I mean, it's so blatantly obvious that it hardly requires discussion, but uh, you see people that we, look, when we send somebody to represent us, you know, if we say they have to do my bidding, now that's that's anarchy, that's mob rule. But we do send people forward that we expect to keep their promises. I'm a man of my word. As the song says, men who mean just what they say, we, we say that for a reason, if you know what I'm talking about there. And that's the way I was raised. As a matter of fact, in another book that I wrote, I talk about my dad and the way he raised me. And he said, if you say you can't do something, you're saying you don't want to do it. And if you make a promise, your word is your bond. If you can't keep that promise, don't make it a promise. Right. And it's just as simple as that. People have got to learn. We've got to get back to what we used to be in this country where that actually meant something. A man or a woman's word is their bond, period. Right. No, I agree. Uh, and we've seen this again and again where people who have gotten into office um, and, uh, you know, with the help of the Republican Party, even mm-hmm. though they're at odds. I mean, we had members of the Muskox caucus who were still receiving uh, you know, support from the party at their district and at the state level. Uh, for some of these offices, and you're like, wait, I mean, these are people who are fighting against you in, a, you know, changing mm-hmm. in majorities and everything else. I mean, it makes no sense. Why wouldn't we just, uh, why wouldn't you just rip the support out from underneath them and say, you're not part of our club anymore? Right. Well, I remember back, uh, it's back during the Obama administration when he's pushing the, uh, the Obamacare and the Republicans got a majority in the, in the Senate, as I recall, I have to look at the stats. Usually I can remember. And Mitch McConnell got up in front of the microphone and he said, well, we understand what you're trying to tell us. Uh, you want us to get along. Is that no dummy? We don't want you to get along with them. We want you to stop them. They're taking our freedom away from us, but let's face it. He's a rhino. Right. We got way too many of those. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Walden uh, is our guest candidate for uh, governor on the Republican ticket. 
Um, we got about a minute uh, or so here, Bruce, so kind of a quick answer mm-hmm. on this. But your thoughts, and we may revisit this once we get back to the radio, but your thoughts on mm-hmm. this new uh, election system with the, with the ranked choice voting and the jungle primary and everything else, what are your thoughts on this and how it's going to affect the, the election? Well, I believe that it may actually help me to be elected. And the second that my hand comes off that Bible, I'm turning to Tanya and saying I want a, a hand recount of the 2020 election because I believe it was a steal. I believe it was absolutely a steal. And the thing that you see going on right now with this special election for House, this is absolutely – I can't even put into words how frustrating this is to me. First off, half the people – and I understand – it's very difficult to understand. A lot of the people don't even understand how this thing works. I've been studying it, and I'm not 100% on it, to be honest with you. It's a big mess, and that was the plan from the beginning, to make it so confusing it's easy to steal elections. Watch what happens. Uh, Bruce Walden, our guest, uh, the Michael Duke Show. We're coming back into it on the radio side. We're going to jump back into the different issues, and we'll see what he has to say. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page, and uh, let's uh, let's keep things going on. Here we go. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking, yada, yada, yada. All right, welcome back. Thanks for uh, coming in and continuing with us. Our guest today is Bruce Walden, candidate for governor in the state of Alaska. The combined ticket is the uh, Walden-Lang ticket. Um, uh, Bruce, I guess for a second before we jump back into the issues, we should talk a little bit about your running mate since she's not here to talk with us. Uh, give us some background, and why did you choose uh, Ms. Lang as your uh, as your companion on this, Tanya Shinyu Lang? Yeah, Tanya, I hadn't met her before last year. I knew her husband, her ex-husband, uh, Pat uh, Doc. We call him Doc. He was a medic in the military, and uh, he couldn't run with me. He hadn't been here long enough, but she's lived most of her life up here ever since she was a little girl. Uh, she is a she was a uh, uh, emergency medic, you know, a what you call it? EMT, uh, right. Yeah, well, those guys, gals. And she did that for a while, and she threw her back out and goofed up her back. And uh, she had to go into other types of medicine, but she was in emergency care through the whole thing. And she's also a mother and a grandmother. And one of the things that got her involved was the fact that she had lost her grandson. And that's a whole other story. And it had there's some dirty kind of under the under the radar things that happened for them to take her grandson and she had to fight tooth and nail to get him back. And, and she actually has custody of him now. And, uh, it was just really ugly. And this is happening to a lot of people. And that bleeds into one of my issues and that's human trafficking up here. It's a big problem in Alaska. And if we have time, I want to go into it. But, yeah, yeah well, but go, go ahead. Uh, I mean, make it, make your case there for it. You absolutely. Well, but before I do, Tanya, she's uh, also she's a bodybuilder. She she won three medals in a, a bodybuilding championship here a couple of months ago. Very proud of her. But she's a go getter. She's a warrior, and she ain't just going to roll over for you know the BS out there. Right, right. Yeah. 
as far as security of our families and our children, we have got a bad problem with human trafficking here in Alaska. And I wrote another book, in fact, two books about this stuff. And even then, after studying it in depth, I had no idea just how deep this problem was. I won't mention names. I could, but I won't. There are some people that have been coming to me and saying, look, let me tell you this story. And it's mainly way out uh, off the road system that young ladies and sometimes young girls, but young ladies disappear. And the next thing you know, they're being trafficked. And and a lot of kids, well, they're, they're, I won't go too far into some things because it could endanger people. But I can tell you this, I'm not out here uh, putting together focus groups. I've got a team assembled right now. And the second my hand comes off that Bible, they're going to swing into action and there's going to be some major business going on in this state. This stuff, When you your child is taken from you and you're told you either give us that child or I'm taking all your children, we have got a problem, Alaska, and it's about time that we face it like men and women face right into the wind and say we're not going to roll over for this anymore and do something about it. And that's what I intend to do, absolutely. Let's uh, let's get back into some of the other deeper issues. Uh, obviously, uh, we were talking about the PFD. You support the full statutory mm-hmm. PFD. Yep. You believe that there's plenty of cuts that could be made in the uh, in the budget. Uh, anything certain. anything specific? I mean, have you looked at it already? Things you know? Do you have it? Do you look at you know education uh, spending or Medicaid or formula funding? What what are the things that you would look at as you try to cut the budget? Well, it's interesting you mentioned education because that was the very next thing on my list. Oh, things to talk about. We pay. I think it's now they're saying nineteen thousand dollars a kid to go to school, and we're. God bless them. We we got kids that go and they strive. But here's the thing. A student will only do what you expect of them in most cases, like dealing with privates. They'll do only the work that they need to do to keep you from getting them in trouble. Right. And I was a kid. I remember how that was. And I was a soldier. I remember how that was. But the bottom line, we are not getting the product we're paying for. We're paying twice as much and then some than the next, the next nearest competitor. And we are getting a 40% uh, dropout rate throughout the state. And one lady took me uh, to task on that. She said, well, Bruce, you're not taking into account the uh, native schools. I said, okay, ma'am, let me ask you a question. She said, what's that? I said, are we number one in the nation? She said, no. I said, then it isn't good enough, is it? We're paying for product that we're not getting. So what I want us to do is just completely pull out of the national uh, education system altogether, say we're going to handle it here in the state. When I started school in 1969, everything was happen- uh, was uh was taken care of at the local level. The, the money, the funding, everything is at the local level. And guess what? We turned out a product. We turned out kids that could read. We turned out kids that could write and write effectively. And now I talked to, I had a young lady I worked with, man, this has been a few years ago, and she was in her mid-20s, and I asked her, I said, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but can you write in cursive? She said, Bruce, I can, but if I was called upon to write a whole sentence in cursive, honestly, I don't think I could do it. And Alaska, you're paying for this. They're stealing from you to pay a really top-heavy bureaucracy in the state and at the federal level, and it is not good enough. And if you look at my website, I'll give that at the end of this little yak of mine. I'll show you some of the things that I would like to see done in the education system that would wind up costing us way, way less money than we're paying now. And my estimation, you're going to bring that down from 19000 uh, dollars to a kid uh, per kid down to six or seven thousand dollars a kid and you're going to be turning out a good product i believe in taking a weakness and making it a strength like i did when i was in the army 
Uh, I, I wasn't as good at radio stuff as some of the other things. And I got with our combo guys and said, make me smart on these radios. And before they were done, I could send and receive Morse code. I could set up a satellite station and all that. I took a weakness and made it my strength. We can do that with our education system in this state. We have got the weakest education system I've ever seen, but watch how we can make it a strength. The state constitution mandates uh, very few things in the long run. I mean, we've got a we've got a problem mm-hmm. in this state with things that you know we get a lot of things that are nice to haves but not must haves. The must haves, of course, are yep. education, as you were just talking about, uh, public mm-hmm. safety, which I think is important to uh, uphold mm-hmm. the law and do a lot of that stuff, and then infrastructure. You actually talk about yep. infrastructure. Uh, on your uh, on your website, and right. uh, you know you talk about things like the Knick Arm Bridge and things like that. Right. What uh, w- you know? What is your plan for infrastructure in the state? What would you like to see? Well, one thing, uh, going back again, I've got an August 1959 edition of the Alaska uh, Sportsman, and there's a picture of uh, Senator Greening. He's standing in front of a map of Alaska, showing the roads that were in existence then August 59 and next to it was another map showing all the roads that were proposed and the parks was there and the Copper River Road were there and they were built and of course Copper River got wiped out in the earthquake but there was a road from Fairbanks to Nome there's one from Anchorage to Nome and one that kind of connected those two about halfway and there's one down to Dillingham and there's a little uh, spur that went down to uh, Unicleet and there I worked others but none of that was ever done and maybe some of it, the, the locals wouldn't want it to be done. I can't really blame some of the people for not wanting a road connecting their town. But for the ones that do, for instance, I'd like to see the Westerns who sit and turn into farmland say, well, Bruce, it would cost so much money to build those roads. Look, I was a, a combat engineer before I went to the Q course, and we had this stuff called EnviroGrid, and you'll see that on my website. In fact, it shows them putting this stuff together. It's like this uh, plastic honeycomb. You stretch it out and pound it full of dirt and mud and sand and rocks and junk like that. We used to land C-130s on those. Uh, I can guarantee you can drive a tractor down that thing. And we used Bailey Bridging. Also, it shows it on my website how bailing bri- Bailey Bridges go together. I remember back when the the, uh, Matt, uh, the Matsu Borough was talking about, oh, maybe we'll build a bridge across the Little Sioux, but it's going to take $22 million to study it. Amazing how all these studies cost exactly $22 million. That just I'm in the wrong business. I need to go into the <laughs> studying business. Right, But I have a guy in Alabama said, I can supply you all the Bailey Bridge you need delivered on site for $1,000 a foot. Now, that was about 15 years ago. So you expect for a two-lane road about three times that. But they, uh, we built a Bailey Bridge. If you watch the old war movies, you see them clanking these things together. And you build them on one side. You push it across. You sit it on rollers. You, you get it all leveled out. And then you take the rollers out from that. You've got a permanent bridge. They're supposed to be temporary, but some of the Bailey bridges that were built in the 40s in the Philippines are still going strong. And $3,000 a foot, and it's up in a couple of days, literally in a couple of days. Right. It can be done. It can be done. It can be done economically, easily, and quickly, and you could open up the Western Sioux, and maybe we could start farming some more land than we've got right now. Maybe start doing some greenhousing so I don't go into the BX over here, go into the commissary and see empty shelves as I'm seeing now. Right. There's a fellow up in Fairbanks with an avocado tree indoors bearing fruit. Right over here between Palmer and Wasilla, there's um, all creatures. It's a, a, a veterinary clinic. They got two banana trees in there. And the last time I was in there, well, they were bearing fruit. Don't tell me it can't be done. What we lack here isn't money as much as will. Right. We lack the will to get things done. 
Well, and infrastructure is what drives a society. I mean, it's really what drives yes. growth and economic growth and many other things. And again, it's one of the few things that the Constitution mandates, um, yep. for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit here about uh, employment and industry and uh, you know putting people back to work and, and getting right. things going on. You've got an initiative called Gray Gold. Uh, tell us yes. about that. Yeah. Now, what I'm talking about here, you try this, Michael. Sometimes you're just out bebopping around town and you're sitting in a cafe. Po- blindly point into the crowd and let whoever your finger falls on tell them, say, I'm going to sit down and buy you dinner. This is not a flirt. Just have dinner with me. I'm going to pick your brain. And I can guarantee you that that person has a million-dollar idea between their ears. I guarantee it. But you here in Alaska, you will run into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Some towns, not as much as others. But I've got a friend right now. I won't go into his business because he hasn't given me permission to, but you're going to be hearing from him. He's an old SF buddy of mine. And he's gone into a business, and it's successful now, and it's growing by leaps and bounds. But to get there, he had to jump through so many hoops. It, it is incredible. Uh, somebody I used to know wanted to start a, uh, a food truck, and they said, well, you got to have a hood inside this thing. Well, I understand that. You know, that's, that's a safety feature. But you have to go over to this guy to get it built. And I said, well, what if we do it ourselves? Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, you need to go over to this guy. See, they throw up these roadblocks. Because we have this thing here, and I can't get my head around this. You have people who have succeeded to some degree, and they don't want to see others succeed. Well, here's my thinking. If I'm making uh, widgets over here and you're making doohickeys over there, if you make a whole bunch of doohickeys and your people are employed, they're probably going to come over here and buy some of my widgets, see? So the rising tide lifts all boats. If all these people with all these good ideas were able to develop their ideas up here, it would be amazing to see the industry that would go on. But you have a bunch of anti-industry of any kind people running the show or pulling the strings anyway, and it's got to come to an end. <clears throat> I want to smooth that out so that you have angel investors that they talk to them and say, hey, that's a good idea. I'd like to invest in this idea. Try to find an angel investor, Michael. I've right. tried it. and. There's a lot of talk about it, but you can never find them. <laughs> I've got a couple of ideas that I'm uh, working on myself, and I'm having to do it all out of pocket, and that's fine. I get that. But I'm sure there were people that would invest if they had the opportunity. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, the free market can do a lot of things if you can get government yep. out of the way, and I think that is exactly. probably the biggest stumbling block that we're facing on a yep. lot of these things. Bruce Walden is our guest candidate for uh, governor on the Republican ticket. On the upcoming primary, the primary for this, not to get too confusing with people again, but the primary for Bruce's race is going to be on August the 16th, <clears throat> and it's the jungle primary, to see if he if see if he makes it to the, uh, the uh, uh, ranked choice voting in November. We're going to continue uh, uh, with this and uh, more, our discussion with Bruce Walden in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. All right, we're in the break right now with Bruce, uh, and we're uh, back to some questions here, um, asking, uh, 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 "Hey, you need some advertising on TV and radio with all these ideas? Are you uh, you guys doing any advertising? What's going on?" 
Not yet. We're still in the fundraising process, and it's, well, I tell you, it's an uphill battle, but we're getting there. Things are starting to pick up now, so over the course of the next couple of weeks, you're going to begin to see and hear some of our commercials and see some of our signs. A thing to listen for, because I want to get all Alaskans in on this. I'm actually, actually, I'm multilingual, and I'm going to do a couple of uh, commercials in Korean. I'm going to do a couple of commercials in Russian, and make probably just those. But I want to get some of our more recent arrivals who are here legally, by the way, to get in on this. We can do it, but it, it's going to take getting the people to the polls. And I, that's one of the ways we're going to do it. But be listening for our commercials. We'll be talking a lot about this. Absolutely. Uh, does he have a Facebook page? Yes, he does. I posted it up in the chat room now. You guys can take a look at it there uh, and see what uh, goes on from there. Uh, Doc uh, Doc Lang is in the chat room, and he said something about right. uh, you uh, you 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 shook him up at the at the Palmer uh, I guess the Palmer uh, Forum, um, and you rattled some cages. What do you mm-hmm. what do you what do you see as the thing that sets you apart from the other candidates that you have uh, uh, you know interviewed or or been in debates against? Well, I've only been in the one debate, and I'm not going to talk bad about the other candidates. I, I don't believe in doing that. I'm just going to make this I, about my vision. Well, no, and, and I'm not looking for you to talk bad. I'm asking, yeah. you know, what differentiates oh. you from the other candidates? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I wasn't implying that you were. Uh, yeah, the thing I think that differentiates between me and the others is, okay, first off, I'm, as far as I know, the only governor candidate that ever actually ducked a bullet. Uh, I actually stood up and fought for this country. I know what the price is. The first guy to die in this war was a friend of mine. I've had several friends that did not come home. That's one thing that sets me apart. I actually know what service to my country means from personal experience. Uh, the other thing is I think I, I think way, way outside the box, and that's about it's something that Alaska needs right now more than anything is outside of the box thinking. We have this thing, well, yeah, it's good enough for Alaska. No, I don't believe in that. When somebody tells you, well, it's good enough for Alaska, that's the first sign that it is absolutely not good enough for Alaska. We can do better than we've been doing, and you deserve better. And I have been accused of thinking so far outside the box, you can't see the box from where I'm standing. And that's okay, because it's time that we start thinking. This is a new era. This isn't 1958 or 59 anymore. It's time we start thinking 50 years in the future, like the enemies of this country do. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, I think that in some ways we do need to go back instead of going forward, because like you're talking about, we've gotten so bloated and so overloaded with government bureaucracies, I had to laugh. The number of <clears throat> airports and infrastructures and bridges and things that were built in this country just during the Second World War equals mm-hmm. more than what we've built since that time. Oh, yeah. um, and a lot yeah, of it has to do with government intervention, overreach, you know, regulation, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. We haven't been able to build out our infrastructure in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think what I was meaning by that is we have to. We have a tendency to think two or four years in the future. We need to start thinking two or three generations into the future. What's it going to be like for my great grandchildren when I'm rotting away in the grave? Uh, I'll tell you something. We, I, I believe, I can show evidence. I will at some point that we have been rather bought out by the communist Chinese here. A lot of people don't want me to talk about that, but I'm going to talk about it. And it's time that somebody stood up and said, "No, I still remember that the communists are the bad guys, and I'm not going to be their buddy." Right. <clears throat> that seems to be a, uh, and that's, as you said, that seems to be an unpopular opinion with a lot of the powers that be these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to make a deal with our enemies instead of showing them strength in, mm-hmm. the, in those regards. Negative. 
Um, Never. <clears throat> we're uh, we'll see where we're at here. We got about a minute and a half. Um, okay. So let me look through here, see if there's any other questions. Um, outside the box thinking that resonated with some people. Uh, they like to see that. Um, going back here, agriculture uh, is big on our list. Uh, and and you mentioned you mentioned uh, uh, opening up farming in the Matsu, becoming dependent, food security dependent is pretty important for Alaska, and we've gone yes. you know, completely the opposite over the last 90 years, particularly yep. because <clears throat> market forces, and it's cheaper to bring it up from outside, but from a security standpoint, it's something that a lot of people believe in. Yeah. Yep. Well, I've been saying this for a while, and a lot of things that I was saying five years ago, 15 years ago, people poo-pooed. Now they're all saying the exact same thing, and I tell them, I was an Intel guy. I saw this coming. You weren't listening. Now it's almost too late. You had better wake up and see what's going on. What's going on with these empty shelves? This is all planned. If you look at the way that, that the people on the other side operate, this is how you do it. You make the people totally dependent on you. Well, I believe in telling the federal government, like, you know what? I love you. I'll stand up for you. But get out of Alaska's business. Right, we love having your military right. here. I love that my heart's still with our military. But we don't need you being our overlord and looking over our shoulder all the time. Right. You don't supply our needs. And when I go over here to the commissary where we feed our soldiers and airmen and the shelves are empty, we have got a problem, Michael. Hold on, Bruce. Hold on. we got to jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right, we're continuing now with Bruce Walden, who is a candidate for governor on the Republican ticket, along with Tanya Lang as his lieutenant governor. It's just Bruce here this morning, though, and we're talking about some of the issues. Um, Bruce, one of the things that uh, we, you know, I personally have struggled with on a decision up up until recently has been the idea of a constitutional convention. Um, and I was with it in spirit, but my fear was, is of course, is that you get special interest mucking around in there and you could create more problems than you solve. But as I've watched what's happened with the legislature, especially over this last uh, session here, uh, where they had the opportunity to, to, you know, stand by Alaskans and do what was right and do all those things. We saw them buckle yet again. And I've just come to the conclusion that there is no political will in the legislature to really fundamentally fix what's going on with things like the PFD. And I think a constitutional convention is necessary along with that and uh, the way changing the way that we retain judges and other things. Um, What is your thoughts on the constitutional convention? And, uh, you know, do you support it? Uh, Is it, is it important? Are you worried? What's your take on it? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's something, one of those things that I've been talking about for a long time. I am 100% for it. I'm also 100% for our people getting off of the rear end and getting there and being delegates. And that's the rub, because a lot of people who typically think 99% like me are saying what you said is like, well, what if there's a runaway convention and the other side takes it? Well, this is where you stand up and act like a citizen. People have got to make sure that that does not happen. Somebody talked to me about that the other day, and I asked them, I said, okay, look around you. The way things are going right now, is that working for you? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. This is the way we're going to change it. And if we don't do this, we don't step up to the plate like they did in 58 
and do something about the Constitution we have, then we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And exactly like you just said, Michael, the way that we appoint judges, the way we take judges out of power, we have got to fix all this stuff. Uh, it's got to be changed. Uh, the PFD situation, that's got to be changed. We have got to get the legislative session here on the roadway. That's got to change, and we can do it. We've got the power to do it through a constitutional convention, but it'll only work if the people stand up and make it happen like they did in 1958. We can do it. I, and, you know, and again, I, I, like I said, I have been up until this point, up until just recently, the last week or so, I have been reticent to support it simply because, mm-hmm. uh, again, I do have fear. I've seen, we've seen... Uh, for the latest example is ballot measure number two. We've seen what happens when you throw just a few million dollars at the state of Alaska that you could sway mm-hmm. people's hearts and minds because, you know, most people are not engaged. They don't understand. Right. I've met people who voted for ballot measure number two that had no idea what it did. All yep. they heard was the Same ad. All they, all they heard was the ad that said, we're going to get dark money out of Alaska, yep. not realizing mm-hmm. that all those ads were paid for with dark money, you know. But yep. uh, so I've been a little worried about it. So. Uh, this is something that you would embrace as governor. Yes. Yes, I would. And I stand by that firmly. A lot of people, I just lost half your audience, but by God, I'm not going to change my mind on it. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Um, all right, let's uh, get down to, uh, of course, Second Amendment. I, I, I pretty much got a feeling for where you're at on this. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about uh, sanctuary states for various things. Alaska actually has some of the earliest laws. Uh, I helped actually craft some of those laws back in 2010, 2009-2010, um, to make us, a, you know, kind of a quasi-sanctuary area. They defanged it a lot, but I think it's important. I mean, the nullification of federal law has to come from the state level, and we've got some big opportunity. We've already seen it um, in regards to, like, marijuana legalization and other things where we've yeah. nullified federal law. Can't that be applied to many other things, including gun rights in the Second Amendment? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how I feel about gun rights. Um, I have a lot of people that say, well, I'm a lifetime member of the NRA. Well, that's good. You had $1,000. I'm a lifetime member of the proudest shooting fraternity on the face of this planet, the 1st Special Forces Regiment. I have no, uh, My credentials in that regard are pretty solid. You have a right as an American to keep and bear arms, period. Simple as that. If you have a right to keep and bear a gun... And you have got to, and you are called upon to use that gun to protect yourself. That's something that was guaranteed by the Constitution, and was a the right to self defense comes from God Himself, and it was guaranteed in our Constitution. That's something I'll stand by to my dying breath. Right now, you watch what's going to happen now because of the shooting at that school yesterday. And man, my heart goes out. I love my children so much, and I can't. I, I grieve for those parents, but. The, the powers that be are going to ride in on the coattails of that and try to seize your guns. Watch what's going to happen, America. Alaska, it's coming. You had better brace yourself and get ready. Well, you know, there's nothing worse than the politicization of uh, tragedies like that, and we saw yep. it happen immediately last night mm-hmm. with, the, with the president's speech. And, yeah, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of dive down and address that tomorrow. I wanted to give it one more day to kind of settle in and, and give people a chance to kind of digest it because it is a tragedy. But I, yeah. too, I, too, am tired of average law-abiding citizens being thrown under the bus because of the actions yeah. of a very few people uh, with tragedies that are happening. And then, again, the hypocrisy of people who will not offer the same protections to 
you know, soft targets like uh, schools and others that they offer to, you know, everything from Congress down to uh, to banks and everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, you yep. know, I'm a I'm a little I'm a little butthurt over that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we can do a lot better than we're doing. <clears throat> I I was a weapons guy in special forces before I went to the intel side, and I've literally worked around probably hundreds of thousands of guns over the course of my career. And I have yet to see a gun kill anybody. I've seen people pick up a gun and kill somebody. And I could do the same thing with, I don't know, I got a, a radio sitting on my desk. I could bash a guy's head in with that. So should we outlaw radios? Right. Yeah, I mean, how far do we want to go with this? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, anything in the hand can be a, can be a, a, a weapon, uh, an assault weapon, so to speak, uh, whether it's a, ha- a hammer or a crowbar or a length of firewood. All of those yep. things could be used in that uh, in that regard. Um, we're com- yep. we're coming down to the end here, so this is kind of my uh, this is kind of my uh, uh, my my go for it question. You know, if I was uh, if I was a, the, a magic had a magic wand and made you governor, um, and you're looking at the state budgets and all these fiscal problems and everything else, and you were governor for the day, I just waved it out and made you governor. What 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 are the first things you're going to do uh, dealing with the fiscal situation and everything here in the state of Alaska? Right. Well, the first thing I would do is I would turn to the legislature and say, you sent, you hand me a budget that makes sense. And then I'd be standing there with my red pen in my hand and say, remember what I said, it better make sense. This thing that just passed that took away what we were supposed to get the PFD, if I had hit the governor's desk in its original form, he could have lined through the bad stuff if he would. That's what a governor's, uh, that we have that, the line item veto up here. Right. We've got that power right now. That's what should be done. But the other thing is, is what you need to do as governor, what I would do, and since I only have a day because you only gave me one day, I'd have to be almost magical to go to all the different communities. But if you have a legislature that's not doing their job, I would do like Donald Trump does. I'd go to the district and I'd say, this guy's not looking out for your best interest. And I would point them out and I would point out the better guy or gal for the job and say, I'm supporting this person because they're actually going to do you some good. Right. Those are the kind of things a leader does. And as you look at that, because we have something here on the program called the Charter of Changes, the four changes we believe that need to be made to make, uh, you know, to, to bring Alaska back and to protect it for future generations, and that is change the players, the, meaning the legislators and the leaders who aren't doing the job, changing the venue, yep. bringing the legislative session onto the road system, changing the rules, which would change the conflict of interest rules, the binding caucus and the Open Meetings Act, and changing the funding, meaning changing the way the governor factors the budget, make it more zero-based, make it more reliant on past history yep. to see where you're going. Um, right. I'm assuming you can you can agree with all of those. And, oh, and, yeah. And, and who would you be supporting? I mean, are you looking at candidates right now across the spectrum uh, who are about to jump back into their race in the, in the various districts? I mean, have you got candidates that you can name out that you would say – these are the candidates who I would support and would be part of, you know, my team, so to speak, uh, of working towards this. There are some people that I'm looking at. Um, I'm going to start getting up and stumping very soon. I'm not going to do it this morning yet till I've talked to them a little bit more to make sure. Because like we said earlier, you have people that, man, they sound like Ronald Reagan and George Washington rose from the grave and they get down in there and they turn into Clinton. You know, you just never know who, what you're going to get. So I want to talk to them a little bit more. But you better know that I'm going to be very vocal and very active in that regard. Nice. Uh, final thoughts here. We're down to the last 90 seconds. I want to give you the floor. Give us your elevator pitch on why people should vote for Bruce Walton and Tanya Lang uh, for governor and lieutenant governor. 
Absolutely. Folks, if you're looking for something new, then look no further. You've had career politicians, uh, and what have they done for you? Have they really fixed anything? I don't think they have. I'm given an outside perspective. I've not been in government except, like Michael was saying earlier, I was in a local appointed office there in the borough for a couple of years, well, for four years. But as far as elected office, no, we're, we're looking at we are in need of actual out front leadership. You want to know more about us? Go to Walden hyphen Lang at L A N G E 2022.com and you can see all about us in there. And we're going to be adding content as we roll along. And I thank you very much. Well, Bruce, it's been a pleasure to speak with you, and I've enjoyed the conversation this morning, and uh, I think you've got a lot of good things to say. Um, it's nice to have a couple good candidates up there for people to choose from, I think, uh, when it comes down to it on the primary, and uh, I hope you make it to the uh, I hope you make it to the ranked choice selection. I think it would be All good right. stuff. So thank you for coming on board and joining us. All we right, really appreciate you. it. Uh, that is Bruce Walden, Republican candidate for governor, walden-lang2022.com. We got links up in the chat room and more. All right, folks, we're out of time for tomorrow. It's going to be firearms discussions and more. That's coming up. I'm off on Friday. We will see you then. Be kind. Love one another. All right. Well, uh, some good discussions, I think, there with Bruce Lang. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I liked a lot of what he had to say. I liked a lot of what he had to say gives us more good options i think to vote for and i would rather have a plethora of good solid conservative candidates to choose from so we'll see you uh we'll see what he has to say uh and see how it comes out maybe we'll get tanya on the program here down the road as well to talk about it we've got some time before the august primaries to uh, suss all this out uh, i'll be honest i reached out to the other candidate and i can't remember their names now the other republican candidate that i mentioned yesterday and uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, they don't have a website. They don't have a Facebook page. They don't have, there's nothing. I mean, I can't think that they're seriously running at that point. So I'm not even going to bother to continue with that. But we are trying to get Billy Toyne on, the, the uh, Libertarian candidate as well. We'll see what he has to say. Hopefully next week. That's what we're working on now. All right. We'll... Uh, We'll see what we have to do. I, I I agree with what David says. I like Bruce a lot. I don't see him getting into the final four, but if he does, he'll be number one or at least number two on his ranking. And I agree with that. I think that he would be a fantastic number one or number two for governor out there for sure. All right. <clears throat> we appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, can you repost his page? Uh, sure. I can do that. Uh, post it up right now. Here's his uh, email or his uh, website. And here is his Facebook page. <clears throat> so you can go check it out. All right, my friends. Will Dunleavy be coming on sometime? Maybe? Question mark? Who knows? Who know? I'm, I'm done chasing him. I'll tell you that. I'm done chasing the governor around trying to get him on the program, begging to give him airtime for that kind of stuff. If uh, he can't be bothered, then I can't be bothered at this point. And uh, which is unfortunate because he made a promise to us during the election cycle, the first time he got elected, that he would come on the program and talk about things with us. And, um, well, Pycross promise apparently easily made, easily broken. All right, out of time. We got to go. Thanks, folks. We will see you tomorrow.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 